Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just tuned in, Eat, Pray, Love is celebrating women this month and our phenomenal woman for this Saturday is Advocate Fazlan Jakut. Assalamu alaikum, sister. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Shukran so much for availing yourself to this interview. Um, You're I very think, welcome. Uh, shukran. I've, I think I've been wanting to have you in for quite some time in terms of you being an advocate, of course, and I think the legal perspective, I think lots of us don't actually know from A to Z what we should be looking at or be having at least in place. I think people usually just think, oh, I'll need a lawyer when I need a lawyer. But yes, for now, that's I, true. <laughs> but, but for now, before we even get there, I'm going to ask you just to tell us a little bit about yourself because I, I didn't even meet you uh, knowing that you were um, in law as an advocate. I've met you working and contributing to um, to the to the um, Islamic uh, Center. Yes, yeah, table table view. Yes. View, of yes. course. So you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, thank you, Taslim. I thank you for the opportunity. And as you correctly say, we've been trying to do this for Quite a while a now. So Alhamdulillah, it's, um, it's manifested itself today. Um, apart from the very many um, extramural uh, activities that I do and that I run and Islamic Center of Tableview, I do actually have a day job. <laughs> and that day job um, is, as you correctly said, point out, is that I am an advocate. Um, and I suppose the most the, the the starting point would be to tell you what the difference is. Yes, because very many people yeah. are confused as to what that exactly means. So the difference between an advocate and an attorney is, apart from the fact that we study the same thing, we both have to have LLB degrees. It's one could call the difference um, as that between a general practitioner and a specialist in the medical field. Okay. So what an advocate is. Um, is a specialist in litigation. So in essence, um, so we're called counsel, we're called advocates. And what we do is we take the matter from the attorney. So in other words, the our client is not the man on the street. Mm-hmm. My client would be the attorney. So the person goes to an attorney and says, this is, this is my issue, this, these are the, the, the problems that need solving. And when it becomes litigious, or if the attorney realizes at that point that this is a matter that's possibly going to go to the high court or higher courts, we will um, appoint counsel. And that's when they come to us. So in essence, the attorney is my client. Wow, that's actually so interesting. So if we, if we break it down, as you said earlier on, when people go to a normal doctor and you have your colds and flus, it stops, the doctor gives you medication. In the sense where you then, um, it's a bit more serious maybe and you need a specialist, that's where um, the, the specialist would come in, whether it is somebody uh, uh, focusing on the foot or um, the surgeons, those type of things. So this would be 
in legal terms, though, the advocate. Correct. That's analogous to that example. Yes. Okay. So what we've seen now in time, um, Fazlin, of course, you're from Cape Town. That's right. And um, I think you come from, mashallah, you come from an academic family. Alhamdulillah. And um, we've seen women grow so much, even in your industry. When we go into courts, we're seeing lady judges, lady magistrates and stuff. Yes. In, in your sector itself, has it been hard for women? Taslima, yes, it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in very many fraternities, it's still very much male-dominated. And the legal fraternity uh, is exactly that too. Um, so it's always going to be a difficult and it's always going to be a struggle to be a woman and specifically to be a Muslim woman in those circles. So you're often met with um, difficulties from a male perspective, from an older male perspective, and where they look at a woman and think, you know, you don't know much simply because you're a woman. And unfortunately, even in 2016, that is still a reality. I remember um, shortly after coming to the bar, I had a matter up against an old white male attorney. And he'd been an attorney for probably... 40 years or so and he, and I was relatively young and just the way he spoke with me and the way he related we were both de- doing the divorce he was acting for the husband and I was acting for the wife and just that interaction and just that that male chauvinism that has come across and basically trying to tell me how I should run my case and because I'm a woman I can't think and those are things that really makes you or breaks you at that stage. Fortunately, as you know, I'm the kind of person, then my claws will come out. <laughs> and, but if you're not, I mean, some of us are stronger than others. And if you may be having a bad day, that can really break you. And unfortunately, um, those are still the, the, the reality we face today. Cousin, you actually touched now on divorce, right? Yes. If you look at the Muslim marriages, board, it's been taking such a long time to actually finalize itself. What are your thoughts on that in terms of women itself? Because, I mean, I would have hoped that it would have been out by now. Um, I think there's so many uh, couples that are divorced mm-hmm. and... You know, our Islamic laws of Sharia are so important, but often in in our community we find that it doesn't follow through. There's a reason why men inherit the way they do. There's yes. a reason why they are maintainers of um, of assets the way they are are distributed to them. Um, so you 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 find this advocacy that. Uh, Wills need to be done according to Sharia. Yes. Certain things need to be done according to Sharia. But then what is that role supposed to benefit? You know, there's a reason why portions are made the way they are. Yes. So in terms of the Muslims marriages bill, what do you think? Um, would it be out anytime soon? Taslima, you're right. Shortly after South Africa became uh, a democratic country, there was this massive rush back then to get Muslim marriages recognized in South Africa, and for very good reason. Um, unfortunately, there's a plethora of reasons why it hasn't become a reality. And those are also the 
or one of the primary reasons is that within the Muslim community itself, we cannot reach consensus as to how it should be done. And I understand some of those reasons. I understand that there is a conflict, but we also need certainty. Mm. And I deal with a lot of family law matters, and I have had the occasion of having very many Muslim um, women and divorces come through to me. And you see the kinds of difficulties that women on the ground, that people on the ground are suffering within our community. And that for me is very sad. Um, To answer your question as to when it will come into place, it's difficult. You know, there's continuous litigation. There have been strides have been made partially, incrementally, as the years have gone by. Um, If I could just um, perhaps say to you that... You know, in as 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 on a case by case basis, certain aspects of of uh, recognition of Muslim marriages have come to fruition. We think about Rylands versus Edros. We think about Daniels and versus Campbell. Where where in that particular case, uh, was the question arose whether a person in a Muslim marriage could inherit from a deceased spouse. Um, and at that stage, I think that was back in 1997, at that stage, Muslim marriage was absolutely not recognized in India. So incrementally, then that, uh, the South African law has developed in order to make provisions. So even although Muslim marriages are not recognized, uh, a Muslim spouse is entitled to then inherit interstate because of that case. So I'm happy that um, strides have been made. I'm happy that there is partial recognition. Of course, we'd be even more delighted if there's complete recognition. Mm-hmm. But there are there are difficulties and conflicts um, with the two systems that is causing a bit of a delay. Well, mashallah, I think we have to say salamualaikum to Auntie Sulayla, one of our phenomenal women's visiting studio at the moment. But Fazan, just going back to yes. us now. Yes. So previously, before we, we actually got here to yes. getting you in studio, I've always seen that you've been very passionate about women and children particularly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was there something you wanted to specifically address today in the capacity of women in society? You know, Taslima, I think... What is important is specifically this aspect of family. Now, unfortunately, it's Women's Month, mm-hmm. and I would have liked to have had a happy topic. Yes. But the reality is somewhat different. It's somewhat bleak, and within our community, I think if we're having this platform, then we may as well use it um, to the best of our advantage. Women and children do suffer. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad for us to know that Muslim women and children are suffering at the hands of husbands and fathers who are meant to be protectors. Within, when it comes to divorces, unfortunately, at that stage is when I get to see people. And everything is so acrimonious at that stage. And couples and cannot even agree on the day of the week at times. And that's very sad. Because whatever has gone before has gone before. But it doesn't necessarily mean that now at the end you're going to have to fight and be ugly. Mm -hmm. Because invariably the innocent children suffer. And that's very sad. Because then parents tend to use the children 
as a pawn in their disgruntled divorce game of chess. And that's so wrong. And it's unfair. And then they dis and both parties, it's not just only men, it's women too. They tend to use this poor child or four children against the other party. So either the husband refuses to pay maintenance to the children or look after them or provide for medical and dental um, expenses. Or the mother says, because you're not doing that, you're not going to see your children. And then it becomes a huge tussle. Mm-hmm. And then the poor children stand there in the middle of all of this, themselves not being able to understand half the time what's happening, what this divorce means, why the parents are fighting like cat and dog on a daily basis, and then still to be torn between them, like a real tug of war. And that's very sad. And it's happening, unfortunately, all too often in our society. Fazlin, on that note... What would your perspective be? Because like you were saying earlier on, it, it sometimes only gets to you at the stage where the divorce is already in process and the ugliness is already there. What, I mean, the, I'm sure that there are so many that are actually divorced listening right now. And even post-divorce, the ugliness uh, tend to continue. Yes, unfortunately. I mean, I know of a particular couple where I think that there must be 10 years post-divorce and the ugliness is still as bitter as it was yesterday. As, as an attorney, what would your um, advice be? What should the mindset be? I mean, the marriage was there. It was good at some point. There was love at some point. You've, proved, you've, you've have children together. And now there's this dark cloud. I mean, you're no longer together. Divorce is there as a means to stabilize um, something that cannot work. Yes, it's supposed to be a clean break principle. Yes. Yes. So why can the focus not be on the children, on working together? Because I've seen in other communities, out of our community, where um, couples actually then still have a friendship to be able to work together just for the sake of the child. It's not about anything else, just the child. Yes, and that that is a very good um, way of doing things. Some people say then you pretend to be living a lie, but it's not. Mm -hmm. If you can agree to disagree for the sake of the children. Mm -hmm. So you just live amicably. And I always say sometimes I've had the um, opportunity where I've had one of the parties is represented by me and the other party is not represented. Then oftentimes I have both of them in my chambers and we're trying and settling a divorce. And those are the hardest because then everything just gets thrown at each other. And usually it's easier when you're dealing with another legal representative because then the two legal representatives have no emotion yes. in the matter. But I've often said to couples in those circumstances, or even if I'm having just one, one party, please focus on what's important. Mm. Unfortunately, your marriage has ended. And for whatever reasons, but those are not important when it comes to being able to go forward. Because regardless of how ugly it may have been or whoever was at fault, there has to st- a healing process has to start. And you, as that individual woman or husband, you have rights and responsibilities still. Whether those are to the children, whether those are to, to the other spouse, or whether they are to yourself. You need to, you need to still, still be living. 
and focus on yourself because a divorce is traumatic. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it because it is. Mm-hmm. And there is help out there to be able to deal with that hurt and that trauma. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is to heal yourself in that process. So I often say try and resolve whatever is left of you. Pull yourself toward yourself. Strengthen yourself as a person because you're responsible for children and you still have to be that example, the best example, because not doesn't mean that because your marriage has ended in an ugly divorce that everything else falls by the wayside. You still have to get up tomorrow morning. You still have to go to work. You still have to take care of your children. So you have to be the best version of you that you can be. Faslan, on that note, you know, I'm just thinking now, you know, so many of our sisters there, when we get married, not only our sisters, our brothers as well, you, when you get married, you never get married thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to be divorced in the next year or next 10 years or next 30 years. Divorce is not even a thought. Yes. It's like we're going to love each other forever and be together forever. Like everything will be good. But unfortunately, you, it, things do go wrong. And at times, I mean, divorce happens. Yes. And then it's like, oh, no. I didn't think that I would have to have had put in that house on my name too. I didn't think I needed to financially secure myself, that I should have had my own bank account, that so many things. Yes. Because divorce gets dirty, it gets ugly. Incredibly ugly. And then it's about how much I can take away from you and how much I can hurt you. I would say, I think I would like us to look at in getting married without it seeming as if you are being selfish or what are the things we should consider from day one as in independence I think I think sorry Mark just to cut you let's not even look at it only as in the case of divorce but also in the case of a spouse passing on because I'm assuming the marriage as well is not yet in in place as we know it right that's right so I think if I can take two steps back okay when we are contemplating marriage Mm -hmm. we have to you know you enter into a marriage or a relationship whether it be a working relationship a partnership relationship for business gains you have to work off a premise of knowledge Mm. so when you are going to uh, do something for the first time educate yourself about it what are my rights and my obligations in this particular circumstance what is expected of me and what is my recourse in case things go wrong Mm -hmm. so I find very often that Muslim girls are entering into marriages without thinking about these things we sometimes rush into it because of peer pressure or family pressure but I think it's important to just take a step back and look at yourself objectively and say what is it that I'm wanting in a marriage. Am I ready for a marriage? Am I together as a human being? Am I enough for myself? Am I strong as a person? Because you're not meant to be relying on a husband to make you something that you're not. You must find that within yourself firstly. So once you're moving off from that premise, then make sure that we're both entering this marriage for the, on the same page, for the same reasons. 
And I say this because I've seen very often when it comes to the flip side of the coin, one was in it for money and the other was in it for love. So it was never going to work. It was always going to be a recipe for disaster. And once you're both at Edom, you're on the same page, you have the same thought, then go into the marriage and also go into it with a broad mind. So most of our women today are working. They may have been educated, not educated, but the fact is everybody is, the modern girl is a working girl. Which means either you have your own business or you're, you're aspiring to something. By the time you get married, it's n- you're, no long, you're no longer starting on a nil balance as in our mothers and grandmothers that started way back when. So think about it. Think about what is it that you're bringing to the table? What, is, what, are, you, what are the assets that you have that you need to protect? And as you say, it's not just because you're thinking of getting divorced. If you're thinking about even just doing a business... You want, and because business is as fragile as it is, we're in the kind of economy that we're in, where things either work or they don't work. And if it, and if a business, for example, goes um, flat or the you know the the carpet is pulled out from underneath you, you don't want um, your your partner to be dragged along with you. You want that to be a separate entity from the marriage and from the from each other. So it's not just a doom and gloom thinking about getting married and thinking about divorce. You've got to think about your financial independence as well on that note we need to go in for a quick ad break and inshallah we'll be back soon eat pray love with taslima ali Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just joined us, we have our phenomenal woman for this Saturday, Fazlin Jakut, advocate Fazlin Jakut in a studio with us. And before the break, we've been speaking about things you really need to consider before even getting married in terms of being legally prepared. Isn't that Fazl- uh, correct, Fazlin? That is correct, yes. So apart from what we said before the break, Building your own estate is important because, as you said, we're not specifically thinking of getting divorced, but in that unfortunate situation of a spouse passing on, which is reality, Mm -hmm. you don't want to be caught in a situation where you have nothing. Because, as you know, upon death, the estates get frozen. So if you're only relying on your husband's estate, um, you won't have access to a bank account then. In that eventuality, yes. Fazin, I want to ask though, because even just that whole thought, Mm -hmm. um, we have so many stay-at-home moms. Yes. And obviously they contribute in a large way to the family. Absolutely. And so um, in the sense of an asset to like a house or something, the father has worked, um, he feels his money has paid the bond off or whatever it may be, and so it's his house. Yes. Is it really just his house? Because she has contributed so significantly to its maintenance and, and, and in its own way worked for the family. Oh, absolutely. Um, we have something uh, in law which we um, which you call universal partnership. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that very many, um, many times you can try and attribute um, a universal partnership to a Muslim marriage. 
cautiously I say not every matter because tomorrow everybody's going to phone and say, you know what, I'm married Muslim and that woman, yeah. <laughs> that advocate on radio said that it could yeah. be a universal partnership. You've got to comply with the requirements of a partnership. And that's what sprung to mind now with your question is you can show. So even if the wife was a stay-at-home mom for 40 years, her value of staying at home is amounts to something. Mm-hmm. Not nothing. So she stayed at home, which means the husband didn't have to um, pay for somebody to clean up the house, domestic worker to work at the house, didn't have to pay for somebody to drive their children up and down to school. All of those costs can be added up because the mom's done all of that. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to employ two or three other people to do that. So apart from the obvious value to the children to having a stay-at-home mom to having a mother that sits and does the homework and that sort of thing apart from that psychological value there's obviously a financial value attached to it as well so to answer your question no we cannot then just say that um, this house is only through his efforts because I've stayed at home for 20 or 30 or 40 years of the marriage but it happens so often that our own women do that, Fazan. And, you know, I've, there's been so many ladies when we sit in company and we ask, oh, okay, what do you do and what do you do? Oh, um, no, I'm just a, a stay-at-home mom. Um, oh, no, I'm just a housewife. Is it really just that? No, absolutely not. There's nothing just about being just a housewife or just mm-hmm. a mom, stay-at-home mom, because um, apart from the value to that um, uh, psychologically and financially, it's a it's a twenty four seven job. You don't you don't go home and um, relax. Off. You don't close shut your office door because when you're working at home, there's always something to do. And you know, my mothers always complain that there's not enough hours. That they've got to do this. They've got to because they can't say to the kids, no, that's it. I only get paid until five o'clock. I'm not working overtime. Indeed. Well, we have Advocate Fazlin Jakut in uh, studio with us. We have another few minutes. If anybody's wanting to send in a question, you could SMS us at 47913. But Fazlin, um, besides you being an advocate, I, yes. as we said earlier on, you do quite a bit of our work in the community. You're with the Tableview Islamic Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to just touch on that as in the importance of women actually mobilizing themselves um, in in these type of projects in terms of benefiting the community? The value of a woman is invaluable. You know, the contributions that we can make as women in society is phenomenal. However, sometimes we are our own worst enemy because, and especially when you're doing community work, you often find that women um, don't often stand together. Even in the workplace, even, you know, when you try to crack that glass ceiling, women sometimes are each other's worst enemy. I don't want for you what I want for myself. And I can't see you climbing that ladder or I can't see you succeeding um, at my peril. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's a big thing. And, you know, I've always spoken about that. We've got to unite on common ground. And the common ground is simply that we are women and very often Muslim women and even if you're not a Muslim woman the fact that we are um, women we must unite because there are so many challenges that we face ordinarily we don't need another woman to be that obstacle we're going to go in for a quick ad break when we come back I've just got one more question for you eat pray love
And welcome back to Voice of the Cape. If you've just joined us, we have advocate Fazlin Jakut in studio with us. And we've been doing a lovely focus on women as well as those legal things that you should be worrying about even before getting married. Um, Fazlin, there was one more thing I wanted yes. to ask you. Um, you know, it's quite often um, that women don't realize their worth. And so they'll look at someone that has perhaps excelled academically mm-hmm. and think that running committees and, 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 and running events and getting involved in our work are for those only. But I think there's such an invaluable contribution that every person can make. And it's not that doesn't come with an academic certificate. What's your views on that? Um, you're absolutely right. It doesn't. I am a firm believer in leading from where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert Sharma is one of my um, favorite reads to read, and he's very big on a leader without a title. And that's exactly it. We must be the best version of ourselves wherever we are. And it does, you don't need a title to lead. You don't need to be the CEO of a company in order for you to be doing good things, because even if you are the janitor of that company, you can lead from that position. It's showing how you do what you do, putting in the kinds of effort because that's important to you. Because, so for example, you're the janitor, having a clean working space, having a, you know, doing it in an impeccable manner. Mm-hmm. Others see that and others understand, oh, this is how it's done. And that is an example. So also in communities, you don't necessarily have to have the most money or have to have a title in order to give a contribution because each one of us is unique and we each have a set of skills. So, for example, if we are having a cake sale, for example, I might be able to put it together and to say that, you know, this cake sale is going to happen at these and these, but I might not be able to bake. And whereas you are, so you're going to contribute um, a batch of biscuits or a cake that you can bake um, to the event whilst... I'll run the event and make sure it happens on the right day at the right time and speak to whoever needs to be spoken to. So each of us can contribute from where we are. Inshallah. Well, Vaseline, last year you had an absolutely amazing ladies' event at Boca Kumbase. This Thank year, you. are there any plans for Women's Month? Yes, Inshallah. We do plan on having um, a Women's Day event. The final details have not been confirmed um, as we stand. Um, as soon as it is, I shall um, relay that through to you and then inshallah you could um, air the event. Mm -hmm. We're hoping to have it still within August, but there are a few um, technicalities that need to be covered. If not, it'll be in September, inshallah. Inshallah. But just as soon as that program um, has been finalized, I shall pass those details on to you and then inshallah we could um, air that. Inshallah. Well, earlier on, you explained to us beautifully what the difference between an attorney and an advocate. So yes. obviously, whoever wants to get you has to get through an attorney as well. Mm-hmm. But for those that perhaps wants to um, just send you a few legal questions, would that be okay? Yes, we could um, assist where we can and direct the questions um, to the correct channels. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted to contact me and they do, they found anything interesting or and you have any questions specifically, 
um, I'm more than welcome to take them from them. Well, Fazan, let's just look at certain or some of the things that people could contact you on because we, we actually, we didn't even touch like properly um, on the whole concept mm -hmm. of legal matters when it comes to a woman. I mean, there's so many other things like you were saying during um, the break, domestic violence, yes. um, financial matters, yes. um, laws of succession, which is laws of inheritance, mm -hmm. um, the Muslim marriage itself. Um, children, yeah. um, whether it's access, uh, maintenance, what other things would could they contact you on? I deal with most matters except crime. Okay. So, but as I said, even if I cannot assist them for whatever reason, for technical or ethical reasons, whatever, I can listen and suggest a route if I can't assist myself. Okay, inshallah. And so if people wanted to contact you, how would they do so? Yes, they can contact me at 082-921-3207. That number again? 082-921-3207. Okay, shukran so much. Fazan, I hope you've had fun on Eat, Pray, Love. It's been an education having you in studio with us. And we look forward to that Women's Day event coming up as um, soon as well. Yes, inshallah. Thank you so much for having me. There's so much that we can and probably should speak about. So inshallah, at a, a later stage possibly, we could um, hone in on specific issues. Well, just to give a little window of how multi-talented women actually are. Mm -hmm. So Fazan is an advocate. She does uh, serve on the table view of Islamic society and is currently doing a cause in. Uh, wedding planning and decor styling. Would you think that? So you get an advocate and somebody that plans your wedding as well. So that's been exciting also. I know I had to like squeeze you to get here. Tomorrow's an exam. Yes, it is. And oh. tomorrow, what are you guys doing? Okay, so we'll just do, um, so it's one part of the exam, which is then actually the, the decor styling itself and the concept and speaking about it and all you know, where it comes from, why it is, the way it is. So there's a lot that goes on into wedding, weddings and uh, wedding planning than one just thinks about, oh, the prettiness or the food was horrible or the MC couldn't speak. Yes. Well, of course, that would be your creative side. Hey. Yes, it is. Alhamdulillah. Well, all the best for that Thank as well. Thank you very well. much. We need to say shukran to you for joining us on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And good luck on that exam tomorrow. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for having us. Any last few words before you go? Stand together, women. It's important. Be yourself and don't allow anyone else to overshadow you because you are enough. Alhamdulillah, beautifully said. Shukran, Sister Fazlan. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.